I want to eat everything. This is... Spirit of Spoilers! Ayo, but how big were those dumplings? I'm counting on more laughs, because normally we have more people. And that was just brutal to do to two... <laughs> just do to two guys. I don't know. That's it's weird. been pretty quiet lately on the... Like the spoiler at the very beginning. What did Chubbs think of it? It's all that matters. Chubbs has not moved. Her head's like upside down. She's hanging off the ottoman <laughs> right now. She's fast asleep. <laughs> that sounds like a cat. But we don't have the storms you guys have, Stevie. No. Apparently Elkhart's getting... Angry, angry skies above us. Taking out Money Mike's internet so he couldn't join. Yeah, apologize for not getting into it as quickly as we do. But we have some room for host chat today because like i said it's just the three of us i'm your host pappy recording in denver colorado and like i kind of said at the top of the show you may not have been able to interpret it but this is the 2001 studio ghibli miyazaki classic spirited away and this is our third installment in the miyazaki series which is pretty exciting uh let's go ahead and introduce who the two guys are with me tonight are a good sentence uh stevie uh this movie was distributed by disney and was released in the year 2002 and went up against lilo and stitch which one do you like more Ooh, that is such a tough call because the person who voiced lilo also voiced uh how do you say her name chihiro 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 yeah yes she also voiced her so um man I'm gonna have to go with Lilo and Stitch. Those are they're two five star. They're two five star animated movies. I love them both, but Lilo and Stitch puts me in the best mood. I've never seen it. Oh, Brett! Brett. I know. I heard. I heard. I heard it's a a good one. That could affect picks tonight. Also, (laughs) Steve, I want to ask you: How is uh, Lollapalooza? Lollapalooza is a four day marathon where your body is angry at you for a week after. So, I'm still recovering. Um, best shows I saw, Churches, they killed it. Revolution was them. awesome. Um, got to see Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Didn't think I like them. They were great. Portugal the Man killed it as usual. Opened up a Metallica. And Bruno Mars did his thing. He was fantastic. Cool. Great Lollapalooza report. I love it every year. I look forward to it on the podcast every year. The rundown. <laughs> but Brett, speaking of an annual tradition like i said we do a miyazaki movie every year and last year we did castle in the sky and that was a very special episode brett why was that episode so special well that was uh my official first podcast i did with you guys uh what do you I, remember about that podcast being super nervous and <laughs> I, we had the hardest time finding it online and we barely got it done but that was really fun and I, I thought you hooked. did pretty good. I thought you did better than most people do when we bring them in for their first time. Yeah, you should er. listen to our Castaway episode. It's rough. Yeah, you did better than we did. Yeah. It's uh, I would like the one-year anniversary of when I said a little more a little more jappy, a little less pappy. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest lines in the history of the It didn't really make sense, but I said it, so... <laughs> So I also want to talk about, to to be frank, we, re- we record these in kind of bulk, and then we edit them in bulk, and then we kind of release them over a trickle stream. So the episode that just came out was actually Point Break, the foist Point Break, the only the good only Point Break. The only Point Break. 
And we kind of lifted the curtain a little bit there, too, because we talked about how we always like to tease staunch with, er, tease staunch, <laughs> tease Brett with the word staunch. I called him staunch. Hey, yeah. But Brett, you took a political test. Do you want to, do you want to defend yourself a little bit? Because we, we totally outed your political opinions. If you want to know what Brett thinks, listen to all of Point Break. <laughs> twice but right that's not exactly true you didn't out me i I just okay so i took the test and it turns out i'm basically the second most liberal person on this pod not quite as liberal as uh the old uh commie stevie oh stevie's a communist we discovered that this week yeah i found that out about myself i wasn't too pleased but but it turns (laughs) out that mikey's the staunchest one there is so (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm all over the map, so I think that's the best way to be. But I'll probably be judged. Or, yeah. They're gonna take my Twitter away. So uh, probably, yeah, I'll probably get kicked of the off Galaxy the radio franchise. Uh, uh, when my results picketers. came back, the only words that popped up were "If China and Russia had a baby." <laughs> that was your political. <laughs> that was my political affiliation right there. So take that as you will. Well, I promise this to the listeners. If we have our Patreon up and running by the time Spirited Away comes out, for a mere $50 a month, we'll release to you our political test results, and you can know exactly, (laughs) precisely how staunch each of your favorite spoilers hosts are. But that's enough host chat. We've indulged that a little bit too much tonight, but there's only three of us, so let's get into the movie. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always from master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Where are you going? Hey! You said just a quick look! Now let's go back! You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now! What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go! I'll distract them! Don't be afraid. I'm Master Haku. No! I just want to help you. No! Spirit Away. Was this your guys' first time seeing it? Yes. Yeah, definitely my first time. What did you know about it before you saw it? I was I got confused because I this is really embarrassing. I thought this movie was actually my neighbor T- Totoro. Oh yeah, the one I with was the waiting friendly. for the big jolly dude to show up the whole time. Pat, this is didn't the one you say no that face. was? Uh, didn't you say that was like his most famous one, like before, or like his crown jewel? Was that the one you used to tell me about? Yeah, so maybe we should set the timeline a little bit. So we've done, like I said, three Miyazaki movies in chronological order. The first one that came out was Castle in the Sky. That was like his first uh, studio release. I think that was like mid eighties, eighty eight, I think, or yeah, eighty six, I think. Yeah, eighty yeah, six. So the next one to come out then was the, actually the first movie we spoiled, uh, Princess Mononoke, and that was like early nineties. I think. Mononoke yeah, late, was yeah, yeah. Late, yeah. yeah Mon- okay. Mononoke was what was Castle in the What was Castle in the Sky? Eighty six. Mononoke was ninety seven. Oh, was okay. it? I thought it was eighty eight. Well, it, first of all, like if you look on IMDb, Spirited Away was two thousand one, but it wasn't like released in right. America to like 2003. So I guess I was talking about the Japanese release, but either way, I just trying to set the stage. 86, First was, yeah. 86, yeah. 
One of his first movies was Castle in the Sky. More in the middle of his career was uh, Princess Mononoke. And this is like the early aughts. So he's he's definitely established at this point. Totoro is also in the 80s. It was more of an earlier film. And that kind of became the logo for the studio. Mm. But this is touted as one of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, it's in the Sight Sound Top 250. It's in the Letterboxd Top 250. It's the highest ranked animated film in the IMDb top 250, I guess, Brett, I don't know where you're coming out from these animated movies. I don't, I don't know if you're a fan or not. I know Stevie is, but would, do you think it's deserving of that praise? Oh, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen that many. Um, I would say it was better than castle in the sky, but it's just, they're so weird. They take a while to get used to it. If you're not used to, uh, anime or Japanimation or whatever you want to call it, it's just <laughs> like kind that. of new. <laughs> Japan animation, I like that. That's a thing, yeah. But yeah. so, a- yeah, yeah, it's very. I mean, it was. They're just weird. It's like taking a normal cartoon and dropping a little bit of acid in what you're drinking. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a classic hero's journey, and that's kind of something that I've learned about myself during the, during this podcast. Is I think I kind of like that. I don't know. It's Labyrinth, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, mm. like that. Time bandits. It's like this little kid who then gets like swept away in an adventure. But it always starts off with like the normal family setup. You know, you have to have the hero's like default position. Stevie, do you want to kind of break down what happens at the very beginning of this movie where we meet our characters and, and what's the normal situation? I'll miss you, Chihiro, your best friend, Ruby. Chihiro? Chihiro, we're almost there. This really is in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to have to go to the next town to shop. We'll just have to learn to like it. The normal situation is, um, I imagine this family is wealthy because they're driving an Audi. Yeah. Like, that's not a cheap car. With four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. And they're moving from the city to the suburbs. Is that correct? It seems to be. Okay. And we meet our hero, protagonist, one of the coolest movie characters of all time. We meet Chihiro. And she seems to be an only child, and she seems very withdrawn, very sad about moving out. Um, the parents are more concerned about getting to the house before the movers do. And they come across, they're going through these woods. The dad's driving like a maniac, which is pretty typical. That's exactly what I wrote my first notice. Why is he driving like a maniac? <laughs> yeah. like He has nowhere to be. No. I mean, just taking the sights. It looks gorgeous. And the animation, by the way, is top-notch. But they kind of so they kind of hint at it. The mom does while they're driving that you know there's supposed to be spirits in these woods, and it's kind of a throwaway line. But really, when they keep driving, they come across kind of just an entrance, and the road just kind of stops there, and they get out to look at it, and that's when the movie really starts to kind of kick off. I don't know if this is going to be offensive or not, but the weird talisman that's in the road looks like the uh, thing from the Brady Bunch. With the, that, when they put it on, it's like, <laughs> and like Alice's who goes one way and her law goes the other way. I'm pretty sure I saw Totoro in the woods. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, yeah, and it's it's definitely trying to set up. I think that she's, if not spoiled, she's definitely upper class and lazy. Brett, did you get that vibe? Like he's very intentional with this with what he's setting up with the. Oh, I've never gotten a bouquet before. You've gotten flowers before, but it's not a bouquet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. That scene then, is like, very telling. She, she was pretty whiny. And you know what? Honestly, I didn't really realize that. But now that you've mentioned it, like, you know, like later, it looks like she'd never done any chores in her life and stuff. So, yeah, 
I could see that now. Like Stevie was setting up, where they enter in this sort of weird theme park. I think they call it amusement park. I, I thought it was cool too that this is one of the first. This has to be one of the first movies ever to retroactively reference the '90s, right? Because this is like 2001. He's saying, "Oh, they built all these parks in the '90s." That was like yeah. not not that long ago. Huh. Kind of weird. Yeah. They're they're talking about all these parks that they built and. The parents go to eat all this food, and Chihiro kind of wanders off by herself. And we see we see the bathhouse, and basically S kind of hits the fan. We meet um, what's his name, Haku, right? Yeah, yeah. We meet Haku. Uh, the parents turn into pigs, um, and things get a little bit tense. Hey, I found it. Hey, you gotta see this in here. Ah, look at this. Hello, in there. Does anybody work here? Come in, Jiro. It looks delicious. Mm-mm. Anybody? Don't worry, honey. We can pay the bill when they get back. Which, during that scene, the dad has the greatest line. It's the most dad line ever. Like they nailed I've got it in the writing. Cards and cash. <laughs> I've got credit cards and cash. <laughs> oh, Michael Chiklis. Is that who it is? Yeah, it's who Don't it is. Worry. You've got Daddy here. He's got credit cards and cash. That is That's awesome. Awesome. And Lauren Holly's the mom. Really? Like Dumb and Dumber, Lauren Holly. Yep. Jim Carrey's ex-wife, Lauren Holly. Yep. Nice. We should have established this too. So, we, did we all do dubs? Yeah, yeah I did English subs. dub. Yeah. I couldn't find the uh, Japanese version. I did also watch this sub, but I actually, I wrote this in my letterbox review. I kind of think that dubs is better. I saw I mean, that. It's just, there's so much going on on the screen, it helps. And and I think they did a good job, too, because they, other than the Lilo thing, which was very distracting, I, I think that for the most part, like when you have Mark Hamill as one of the voice actors, for example, or Tina Fey, like as in uh, Ponyo, his, his film, that that's like way distracting. All of these guys—they may have been like renowned actors, but none of them are overpowering the material. I thought. Yeah. Maybe John Ratzenberger. P- perhaps um, <laughs> he wasn't in it that much. Uh, I see. I really actually kind of took to uh, what was it, Haku, because his voice was from a movie that I loved as a kid. Um, Give it to us, Hocus Pocus. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Max Goof. He's Max Goof. Oh, yeah, Goof. he is Max Goof. Yeah, dude, if you actually look at his career, man. It's awesome. He was pretty, he was big early on. Like, he did a lot. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now. What? It's almost night. Leave before it gets dark. They're lighting the lamps. Get out of here. You've got to get across the river. Go. I'll distract them. Brett, can we get a net worth check on him? Can you just Google yep. that real quick? And see if anything comes up? Not too I'm long ago, curious. him and Bill Farmer did a live voice and sing along to the Goofy movie live. Wow! Like it for an audience? Yeah, for an audience. Streaming? As like the screen was going, they did all their lines and sang. Oh my god! Yeah, I would have paid <laughs> big money either. I would have paid fifty dollars a ticket. Did you find it or? Yeah, but the picture they're showing is definitely not him. It's you, you might be disappointed. I'm going to guess three. Less. 1.5. Uh, less. 
one. Less. This just feels intrusive at this point. <laughs> I know, it's sad. <laughs> 500. 700,000. Dude, I will take that. That's a. Oh, yeah. That's an awesome it's bank an, account. And he's like to work on all his awesome projects and no one knows his face. Not a bad life. No, not yeah. bad at all. So he he kind of like inceptions our female protagonist, Chihiru, into where the exit of this is and of the situation is because all of the the um the spirits are freaking out because there's not supposed to be a human in their midst. Um But this sets up kind of like the second part that I want to talk about. Well, where... one thing, and I mean, interrupt you, Pat. Oh, did ahead, anyone else like subconsciously hold their breath when she was crossing the bridge? I a did. A little bit, yeah. I took a breath when she did. I was like, oh, why am I taking a breath? I'm just watching a movie. <laughs> Keep going, though, my what a, No, what a great scene, though, because you have all of these like spirits, but this is, I just love this in movies. I love creatures in movies. Mm-hmm. I love when you have like, that's what I love about the original Star Wars. You go in the cantina, you see all these weird. And especially in the like the first version, practical effects. Here you have traditional animation. Did, uh, were there any creatures that you guys remember, or I guess sorry, spirits that stuck out? Any designs? The frogs looked really cool because they looked re- probably yeah. the most human. Yeah, they have but... frogs and they have ducks too. Yeah, <laughs> which I liked. And also, um, we'll get to them, but the radish. Oh, I love the radish. Love the radish. It looks like a giant walrus standing on two feet. have to hold your breath while we cross the bridge. Even the tiniest breath will break the spell, and then everyone will see you. Welcome back. I'm scared. Now just stay calm. Welcome, welcome. Always nice to see you. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. I'm back from my mission. Welcome. Welcome back, Master Haku. Take a deep breath. Hold it. So yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead. Let's let's uh, Brett, you're have established yourself as the staunchest of us on the pod. Um, <laughs> one of the things that our protagonist must must learn, and that's what I love about this movie too, is because I feel like M- Miyazaki is maybe a little bit ham-fistedly giving lessons, but this movie is intended for kids, and he's showing his morality through his art which i love and one of the things he believes in is getting a job um mm, yeah. do you want to mm-hmm. talk about that that scene a little bit what what kind of happens in the the boiler room well i guess haku tells her that she has to get a job and Gotta get a job. she goes down to to beg the beg the man uh do you anything stick out to su- you about the boiler man uh he's a a, a man spider <laughs> <laughs> Is that what is that what the whole spoder thing was you guys are talking about? Uh, no, it's a game. And then he's got his little no, spider minions. No. Yeah. Did that scare you at all? No, no, no. Okay, good. Not. I I texted Pappy earlier. I was like, "Did you tell Brett?" You side message me. If he would have like moved super weird, like it maybe would have gave me a twinge. But no, that's not. Well, paint the paint the picture for our audience, Brett. They don't have a visual. What does he look like? Why does he look like a spider? Okay, so he's. You, two of his long, really weird arms are doing work on some. What's that thing called? Some sort of wheel. Uh, yeah, like, it's like a rolly, like a um, something like a sharp, you roll dough yeah. with, kind of, right? Yeah, sure. I was thinking more like a, sh- a sword sharpener, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the other 
two long arms are in front. And he's like stuffing his face with food and another two long arms are just kind of like randomly doing other things. And then he's got legs. So he's like a Spider-Man for sure. He also has the thickest mustache you will ever see yeah. on an animated character, including Mario. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. So he's just kind of chilling. He doesn't seem mean or nice. He's just kind of like, you know, she definitely's trying to get into servitude and then he gets the other chambermaid. Yeah, Lynn. Yeah. He looks kind of like Mr. Yoshi from uh, from Dragon Ball Z. He does look like Mr. Yoshi. Looks just like, and he, his face looks just like Mr. Yoshi. He he's a friendly guy, and I feel like Chihiro is is kind of like trying to. And I think we've all been there when you have to snap out of when your parents are taking care of you, and when you start to like have to start, you know, mm-hmm. making money, <laughs> which is like the yeah. worst feeling in the world. And that's kind of like this jarring thing that's happening to her, and you can tell she's very disoriented by it, and. and one of the things that I think might be lost in the in the translation too, but when Lynn comes in, Lynn is just like giving her the business for being rude. And you know, like the Japanese are very big on like taking off your shoes, taking off your socks. Like she yells at her Table for that. manners. <laughs> she doesn't say thank you to the boiler man. Thank the boiler man, you idiot. You know he's really sticking his neck out for you. Ow! Thank you, Mr. Boiler Man. Good luck. Uh, let's see. One of the other things that I love too is in the in the in the uh, Japanese version, the boiler man he, he's speaking Japanese the whole time. But when Lin Lin shows thank you, or you know, in or arigato or whatever it is in arigato Japanese, yeah, uh, the boiler man goes good luck in English. <laughs> and it's it's so jarring and so awesome because you're trying to stick with this movie that's like giving you oh, all these man. like Japanese language. But when you hear he's, English, it's such a he's kind of like the he's the Spider Pappy character of the movie. You can call him a Spider Pappy. There's also like great that. character development too because when she goes down there, he seems to be really just annoyed with her. And when mm-hmm. Lynn shows up, he feels like he has to protect her. So instantly, he's like, "Yeah, she's my granddaughter. Give her a job." Mm-hmm. And so Lynn takes uh, our hero up to Yo Ubaba Yobaba Ubaba Ubaba's office, and there's three bouncing heads. Stevie, how would you describe? Uh, I guess I guess you call her the antagonist, right? She's kind of the bad guy of this movie. Yeah, Definitely yeah, the wicked witch of the east. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, she yeah, is yeah. the controller of all things in this haunted Japanese version of Disney World. She says who comes in, who stays, who goes, who doesn't go, who's a pig. I mean, she is an evil sorcerer beyond evil. And she um, is also annoyed with Chihiro and makes her sign a contract. And very Disney-like, uh, makes her sign her name away. <clears throat> which is also like this movie does a great job of world building because it doesn't overemphasize things, but it gives you just enough where you have a clear understanding of what's going on. And the whole point of this is with kind of, it's, it's a big deal with the character Haku is that once you give your name away, you start to forget your name. Once you forget your name, you can never leave. <clears throat> and so she's given the name sin. Sin, which is like some sort of 
contraction or Japanese play on words on the name, but Haku's got to kind of like front on her a little bit. He gets kind of mean. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they act like they never, like they didn't even know each other and they run out to the field and he's like, listen, this is your name. Do not forget it. Which isn't that like those flowers crazy when they're doing that? Like there's this weird shot where I don't know how they did it. Stevie, I know you know about the multi-plane camera from Disney. It almost looks like there's some kind of practical effect going on where like the two sides are moving. Yeah. The, the characters are still like it's a weird animation style. I've never seen it. It looks almost like live. It's so strange. It's very jarring. I definitely have to think they use the multi-plane camera for it or some sort of effect to it. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, so she gets the job. She, you know, kind of as you would expect. We we get a lot of cool shots of the spirits and the bathhouse. Um, but then comes the first real challenge, which is the stink spirit. うん、おかしいね。草れ神の気配なんかじゃなかったんだが。吉松もな仕方がない。お迎えしな。こうなったらできるだけ早く引き取ってもらうしかないよ。Oh, I'm going to go back to you for the stink spirit. <laughs> oh, oh god. <laughs> it's no, it's not intended. It's what is my I think it's one of the a perfect sequence. An absolute perfect sequence in a film. Do you want to kind of describe what the stink spirit looks like, what she has to do? What this whole plot's about? He, the stink spirit, looks like a huge turd that's like leaking juice all over the place, and <laughs> he looks like a Pokemon, but one of the evil Pokemon. I'll take your word like for it. Looks like one of the Pokemon you get in a starter pack that you never wanted. He's like, uh, like you get a muck, and you're like, God, gosh darn it, not a charm. My muck. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help. I thought about uh, dogma. Yeah, the, that's perfect. That's a the perfect monster. Yeah, very good. Um, but like my favorite part, the part that made me laugh the most was when he comes into the actual door and uh, sends like plugs her nose and whatever her name is, Sababa. It's like don't do that, and then they're like faces are all like their mouths are all open, and you can tell they're like trying really hard to smile but not breathe, and she, the Sababa's like. Retching, but like I don't know. Does nobody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, that's great. I want. I actually want to pause it right there because I feel like the two most important things yeah. in animation are character design and acting. And what people don't realize are animators. Like, it's not enough to be a good drawer to be a top level like this style of animation, which uh, Miyazaki always uses traditional animation. He'll supplement with CGI in some instances, but he always sticks to traditional animation. To make it to this level, it's not just about drawing. You have to be an actor, too. And, like, mm-hmm. this blob of goop, like, falls in her hand, and she, like, sh- there's this weird, like, shot of her shivering all the way up. <laughs> it's such a brilliant creative choice. Uh, Stevie, I know yeah. you know love you, you love animation, too. Did this stuff stick out to you? Yeah, because the most important, like you said, the most important an- thing in animation is, like, it has to look nice, but to be able to animate emotion is incredibly difficult. You're talking about people just looking at the mirror doing different faces constantly saying this is what it would look like and be able to translate it to on screen. Mm-hmm. So, like, even I think that's one thing that's awesome about Miyazaki films is even when they're not speaking, they're still talking with their faces and emotions. 
Exactly. Yeah. So Brett, she she receives the money. The stink spirit <clears throat> goes in the bathhouse. What happens from there? So they get her. Or they get the stink monster in the bathhouse in the little bathtub, which is the grimy one earlier that kind of worked out for them. But uh, she puts the water in, or the it the water gets so nasty and starts flowing everywhere, and it's not enough. And you can kind of tell the poop monster wants uh, more water, <laughs> so she wades her way through. Like again, I thought this was this was probably like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Uh, probably what you guys would say, you know, like the animation was really cool. She's struggling really hard to walk through the the crap, the stink that just keeps building up. And she finally gets there and pours more water down. And then she kind of falls in the water and he saves her. But when she's down there, she notices that he's got a splinter or a, is that what it? Protuberance of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, protuberance of some kind. And this kind of sets in motion. Uh, yeah, I got to learn her name. Is it Sababa? Yubaba. Yubaba. Like kind of sets everything in motion. She gets everybody who works there to come out. And they send the rope in there and send, ties it around. And they all just tug. And then really weirdly, they pull like a whole bunch of crap out of them. Mm-hmm. And he... It was kind of just like a big skeleton spirit. The river spirit. Yeah. River, the river oh, guardian. Yeah, river spirit, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he just got... Oh, looking it was like oh, the mask littering? Yeah, it's it looking like a mask from Crash Bandicoot. Oh, uh, it's supposed <laughs> to be like... Is that supposed to be a social commentary on litter in the water? So, Brett, I know you're staunch, but one of the things... Miyazaki just loves the earth, man. And I think it's not a bad thing. Maybe I'm a hippie. You can definitely tell that in Princess Mononoke. It, it it is a constant theme, but at the same time, also put yourself in someone who lives in Japan when you're on a tiny island and you also have like the second biggest city in the world, third biggest city in the world, wherever Tokyo is. There's a lot of people. Biggest. You can't be throw. You can't be throwing your litter everywhere. And I don't think that's a necessarily a bad message, Brett. Did that bother no. you? Was it no, too no, on the no, nose? No, no, no. I just didn't get it until then. I, I again, I was, I was. Yeah, I dismissed it. So no, yeah, it's well, no, like, I don't. I think that's, but I think that's like a an, uh, a credit to Miyazaki because he's not going to like super jam these messages down down no, your throat. I thought and it was not, really well done. Yeah. I, that was really cool. Because that's what that protuberance was. Is it was a bike? It was a bicycle, right? Yeah. And then when you're pulling yeah. all this other muck out, and this is also this whole sequence with the stink monsters juxtaposed. We meet the was it the no face man? Mm-hmm. No face, yeah. No, no face. face. Um, you don't understand what's going on because he's been popping up in the first part of the movie here and there. And he's trying to give these bath tokens to um, Chiiro early on before the stink monster shows up. She's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I, I don't want them. Like, and eventually he disappears and those fall on the ground. And that's how she gets more water. But we find out later mm-hmm. it's a good thing she didn't take those tokens. Yeah, because she's able to use those tokens to clean right. the stink monster. Which I think that's a good moment of character growth because she's a, she's coming from an area of privilege. She's always had more than she wants, and she's saying, "No, I have enough." Which which is a kind of a moment of growth for a character. And again, and again, I don't think when you watch uh, Princess Mononoke, that means environmentalism. There's no other message that you can possibly extrapolate that than take care of the earth. 
this has a little a little bit more nuanced parables. There's a little of this, a little of that, but she, the next kind of setup is she sleeps in after this whole affair with the stink monster, and then her dragon boyfriend is getting <laughs> fricked up by some paper airplanes. Um, yeah. Did Brett? Did you like the, the character design on uh, Haku as a dragon? So did you cool. like his look? I liked his look up close, not as much far away, if that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. So, like, the more detail on his face, but not yeah. him flying? Yeah. Yeah, because, well, the first time they show him, he looks like a like a shooting star that's weaving in and out. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's well done. It's Haku! He's back! Are birds chasing him? What did you think, Steve? Did you like the dragon haku? I did. I mean, especially after she gets done with the river spirit and he gives her two sensu beans. Um, and she eats one. I think that's why she slept in so long. After she eats that, you don't know how long she's been out. But mm-hmm. the design we come upon, it's like a dragon with a wolf's face. Yeah. It looks so cool. Like, just the detail on it is, I mean, it's neat. And from the river monster, she's also been given these, like, medicine ball things. Sensu beans. Kind of, sensu beans, right. So, <laughs> she uh, she wants to help uh, her dragon boyfriend, but he's gone up into the upper tower. So, she has to kind of make her way up there. And she ends up in the big baby's um, Oh, Bo? Bo, the big baby, yeah. It's... I don't like the big baby. <laughs> he's kind no. of like he's kind of off-putting. He, he I, I mean, I, it, that's a perfect that's a perfect description. Off-putting, so off-putting. <laughs> I, I love him in the context of the film, but he's very off-putting. But I think it's also again another interesting juxtaposition of a young girl coming from privilege and then a larger, essentially baby man, baby giant. You know what I mean? Boss like, baby. What what could be the alternative if you don't break free from those patterns? But um, he was bubble boyed. He was bubble boyed. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Alec, go of me! Wow, you're a big baby. Would you mind letting go of me? I'm in a really big hurry. You came in here to make me sick. Huh? You're a bad germ from outside, aren't you? I'm not a germ. I'm a human. Now, would you please let go of me? You'll get sick if you go outside. So stay here and play with me. You won't get sick. Yes, you will. That's why I've never left this room. Staying in this room is what'll make you sick. Listen, someone very important to me is terribly hurt. I've got to go right now, so please let go of me. If you go, I'll cry, and Mama will hear me, and Mama will come in here and kill you. Play with me or I'll break your arm. That hurts! Please, I'll play with you later, okay? No, I want to play now! <gasps> germs! I've got germs, see? Uh, so let's see. What happens next? So she makes her way up there. She ends up in his room, and then there's this whole twin sister reveal. And Steve, you said Wicked Witch of the East earlier, but... We get the Wicked Witch of the West next. Zaniba? Zaniba. Yep. She looks exactly the same. Um... I guess anything to point out about her in this early part, or uh, just that you learn that Haku stole her magic. Yeah, 
you really don't know how to feel about hockey at this point. It's like, is he good? Is he bad? Right. Like, mm-hmm. and also, Bo is very off-putting, but when she turns him into like an obese mouse, I thought that was one of the funniest parts of the whole <laughs> yeah. movie. I it love that. definitely funny. Yeah. I love the obese mouse. I feel like the baby kind of likes being an obese mouse. Yeah. He did for a while, but then he like all of a sudden wanted to go back, so... Well, when his mom kind of shits on him, I'm like, I don't recognize this nasty rat. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to hurt a little bit. Uh, Zaniba was kind of like, came off like a little bit of a trickster at first. Like, she liked to mess with people. Then again, she was mad uh, about Haku and everything. But did she say something like, who can I mess with now or something? Yeah. Something to that effect, yeah. Or she's like, don't tell anybody about that. Um, yeah. We're also given a side quest by Zaniba. What was that side quest? Is about the, the train tracks that only go one way? Oh, right, yeah. And I love the setup because this movie does a great job of setup and payoff. You see the train in that very first act. So, like, back when Stevie was describing the setup, the dad's like, oh, there's a train tracks down here. And later she sees the train tracks. And the same thing with the river. The dad's like, oh, there's a, there used to be a river here. And then later the river fills, fills up. But she lives at the end of these train tracks, I the guess. The sixth stop, but doesn't it can't go back. Exactly. It, yeah. it makes so, no sense to me. Yeah. So she's she's got to go get, or she she realizes that she has to go to Zaniba's to apologize for Haku, mm-hmm. and hopefully she'll help cure him. But in the meantime, let's, let's pause her plotline a little bit because No Face has this great B plot oh, going man. on, <laughs> <laughs> where I feel like no, no Face. This is a very long film, by the way, especially for an animated film. It's two two. 10 a non-musical right? animated film very it's, long it's listed as 205 but i seemed a little less than that and if you were going to be the evil american producer man and cut this movie no face would be the thing that you would cut in pre-production but he's one of the most iconic parts of the whole film he's got that shy guy super mario 2 mask thing and i'm sure that's an offensive description but <laughs> no, what's not. brett what's he doing this whole time what is no face doing Wow. Dude, man, he is just straight tricking people into eating them and he's he's eating nonstop whatever he can get. Apparently you're not supposed to let these people in your house because if you let them in your house. See, okay, I was going to ask you because that, that's something I, I guess I just missed. I was like, what? I was going to ask why he flipped out so much, but I guess that is they explain that, that you don't let them in because they, what? They just keep taking or what? I think he'd been on the island too long and it was messing with his brain. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they got at. Like he's been on the island too long. He doesn't know what he's doing. And th- the rules were kind of funny is he can't eat you unless you accept, accept, accept something he's trying to give you. And you have that Kermit the Frog. Oh, is this for me? Oh, yeah, it <laughs> takes on that voice, which is a very huh. not fitting voice for the character. <laughs> right. Huh. Uh-uh. Huh? <gasps> ah, it's gold. Huh? What do you think you're doing? You're not allowed in there. The bat's closed. Get out, you. Get out of there. Oh, more gold! Are you are you are you giving them to me? Uh, uh, uh. Wait, you can make gold? Uh, uh, uh. 
strange. But yeah, he keeps like gold keeps coming out and yeah, so he just keeps producing whatever it is he thinks you want. Mm-hmm. Cause like, like whoever said, yeah, he can't eat you unless you take from him out of his hand, I guess. But the weird thing is, is like, uh, Chihiro is like the one person he wants to impress right. throughout this whole movie. Right. And so, so maybe I don't want to like, imp- like suppose what Miyazaki is trying to say because a lot smarter people have written about this movie than me and they haven't, you know, try to assume that, but maybe it's kind of like her darker side, like what she could become because he's so materialistic. He's representing the opposite of what, what even Zaniba is because she ends up taking this train and it's a very, there's so many gorgeous shots on that train ride. And, and probably the most iconic shot of the film is when they're in the train car and no uh. face is next to her. He's shrunken down because he ate the medicine. He's purged all that stuff. You have no face. You have Chihiro. You have like the mouse and the fly in the back. And they're riding on this train. Um, but they end up at Zaniba's house. And I guess, I don't know. Would you guys call Zaniba a good guy after yeah, all? At this, yeah. At this point, I, I had not, like, it was a, such a 180. I, I thought she was trying to trick Sander Chihiro the whole time. I was like, what? Because the last time we saw her, she was like mean and nasty, and she turned into like the nicest lady ever. So that seems like kind of a thing with him in uh, Castle in the Sky. That old mean granny was turned out to be kind of nice in the end. So I don't know if he likes to do one eighty. Call with me granny or not. Call me granny. <laughs> yeah, but I, that was actually like my favorite scene in the whole movie because, well, that and the poop monster. But the poop monster is a perfect sequence, but. But I like that. I like how nice she was, and you know everything worked out, and they had a nice meal, and she was really good with no face. And but go ahead, you were you were talking about is she a good guy? I I guess so. She seemed like it. Well, yeah, and like I again trying to extrapolate. This is him trying to teach children lessons, and the way that she lives compared to the way Yubaba lives, she has a very small shack. Mm-hmm. Her activities include apparently knitting but i mean it also requires some sort of slave labor so that's why I had no face sits <laughs> around but uh I, she, she's a very down-to-earth more wholesome character and and i don't know i this is something i do want to throw out there is that i like when artists give us this message because it's something i do kind of believe that you should live within your means but it's also kind of hard to stomach coming from a multi-millionaire which miyazaki was at this point um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about think about that? Do you think he's trying to be a little bit moralistic here? I, not really. I guess if that's his style. I mean, that's. I mean, that's a good question. I, I Stevie knows him better than I do. So I, it's just like when John Lennon's telling me that all you need is love, but you're a, a quadrillionaire. It's like, come, come on, man. Is that really all you need? That, that that's my, my only con- contrarian angle, Stevie. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like someone rich telling you, all you need is hard work. Well, you need a little more than that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I can work hard at making subs all day, but it's going to make me a millionaire. Right. That's just the honest truth of it. So I see what you're saying. It's kind of contrived in that way. And I mean, other than that, I just think this movie's jam-packed with trying to teach lessons like you said earlier. So I think maybe that was him just trying to do that. No, and I don't take anything away from that. And I think what he's preaching is hard work. But I'm just trying to look at right. it from all angles and play any kind of devil's advocate. But 
Zaniba forgives him. And this is interesting, too, because it's kind of a fool's errand that she goes on. And again, if there are any flaws in this, we, we've talked about this on our other previous Miyazaki uh, spoilers, but he doesn't write a script. He just kind of like draws things and then connects the stories. And so that's what happened with Mononoke. And it was terrifying and hard to understand. It can be, and maybe this last act has a little bit of that because she goes to Zaniba's and No Face stays there and he's happy now. He's learned to live a humble, simple life. She comes back. Her dragon boyfriend picks her up because it's a fool's errand. He ends up being okay on his own. But there's one final test. Stevie, do you want to set up this final test scene? Well, did we talk about um, the name? Chewbacca River? You did it, Shihiro! I remember I was the spirit of the Kohaku River. A river spirit? My name is the Kohaku River. They filled in that river. It's all apartments now. That must be why I can't find my way home, Shihiro. I remember you falling into my river. And I remember your little pink shoe. So you were the one who carried me back into shallow water. You saved me. I knew you were good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of happening in the background. But go ahead. Yep. Um, there's this very weird sequence that happens with that where here uh, Chihiro is holding the horns of Haku's dragon, mm-hmm. and there's like these quick flashes of her going through water, and as they're flying back to haunted Disney World, um, <laughs> she says uh, his name, which is the Kawaku River, and his dragon breaks away, and now they're just flying. And he's like, I remember you now. And she's like, I remember you too. Apparently, when she was way younger, she what'd she lose in the river? Shoe. She lost a shoe in the river. And he helped her get it and get back out. Mm -hmm. And that's why he remembered her. Like in the beginning where he's like, Chihiro. And he's like, how do do you know me? She's like, how do you know me? Um, So we get back to Haunted Disney World. And there's a test of... I'll let you go if you can pick out which one of these pigs is your parents. And she's like, none of these pigs. Everyone's like, whoa, ballsy move, bro. I don't know. I don't know about this. And she's even like, ooh, you dumb messed up. And all of a sudden, the contract disappears, and she was right. Well, isn't this all part two where they're like, do you have to have one final test? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Boo. yeah. The baby like, is like, she's like, shut up. <laughs> baby's like, if you make her cry, I won't like you anymore. Like, oh, man, that baby was weird. Mm-hmm. And he's based, the baby has no pants on. Right? Uh, right. He has a thong on. It's like a sumo thong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. you know, whatever they were there. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Baby, baby thongs, yeah. Did anybody else, when... Did anybody else think of Point Break when his dragon broke off and they were like parachuting? Yes, like skydiving. I was like, exactly. man, we've been we've been thinking of uh, that. It could have been Bodie and uh, Johnny, Utah. Johnny Utah for all we know. True love. So talking to each other while they're going at ten thousand. Can someone who's listening arms? please animate that? Like, please animate Bodie and Johnny Utah in the way of Miyazaki would, and put him into that frame. Devin, so, we need you bad. Man. Devin. We need you. Devin. Heaven for Devin. Of course, Bodhi <laughs> is the dragon, right? And Johnny Utah is riding him. Oh, of course. Patrick <laughs> oh, yeah, Swayze well. is a, the majestic dragon. And Gannon Reeves is. Dragon at birth. Dragon at death. 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it takes us through the film. They were back at our starting point, but we've seen that the hero has grown and learned from her experiences. Parents have no She's- memories. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing that always bugs me in fantasy movies, though. I don't know. I don't know. Just when the parents, like, don't know or... You know, no time that island them. wasn't for the parents. Well, it no, was for time her. Time has passed because the car is all like dusty, dusty. Yeah. dirty. Yeah. But not to yeah. them it hasn't. But yeah, no, it was all right. That, that always just bugs me because I want I want the girl or the main character, whoever it is, to get recognition for what they did. But it's not a big deal. It's just. Well, I think she does because if you're trying to extrapolate some meaning, we have this, this selfish, uh, a flower's not a bouquet character. And at the end, they're like, yeah. I think there's some line to the effect of, are you ner- still nervous or are you scared or something about your moving to the new city? And she's like, nah, I got this. You I have I mean? a question. Do her and Kohaku meet up later in the future and get married? I hope not. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't, Why I do don't... you hope? Why do you hope not? Because I don't want uh, what's the character from uh, Labyrinth? What's the what's the actress's name? Jennifer Connelly. I don't want her to marry David Bowie because that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Because he's I way older. Yeah, I, I like it more of a platonic friendship. I feel like it's more mm. an innocent story I that way. Was actually know. like my guess two thirds of the way through was that Haku knew her because he was a son that got lost when she was a baby, like a brother, and the parents forgotten about him, and then they both come, they all come back, and their brother and sister, but I was way off, obviously. You could have done some Luke, Luke and Leia stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do that, though? No, no, you don't. <laughs> Just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you should. <laughs> right. Any other final thoughts on the script? Um, It's facts? definitely probably his tightest script as far as story goes. Which is crazy because it's very long. It's a very long film. It's extremely long. And it's also crazy thinking about there's no songs in this movie whatsoever. Until Thank the God. end. They drop that Japanese jam at the end. Yeah. During but like, the credits? It's, yeah. not a, it's not a musical in any way. It's an animated film. Like it's just an animated like film straight through. There's no musicals like whatsoever. So, And the fact that it's this highly rated without that is insane. It just tells you how good of a movie it is. I've never seen a movie this long that's animated with no songs. It's a it's a unique experience. Yeah, but in to that me, sense. I don't know about you guys, it didn't feel long at all. I enjoy, no, like, I was really. sucked in the entire time. Agree. Hey, I don't have anything else. That was pretty good. I have one last note, and of course, this won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, which is a bullshit category. Almost as bullshit. <laughs> Why do you think it's a bullshit category, Paps? Best Popular Picture. Because it's devaluing a whole subgenre of the the art form. I would just and love it if ridiculous. they would just compare like, Best Animated versus Best Picture winner and see which one wins. Uh, well, if it's 2003, this would not have won. What won in 2003? Return of the Return King. Of the, Return of the King. But what, okay, what won in this 2002, though? Maybe they'd go by the Japanese. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. This could have yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's not a great, not a great <laughs> one. Just like I think, I mean, I, I do think it's devaluing it. I do get angry. Like, I do think Coco should have been nominated for Best Picture last year. I don't know what you guys think. Um, eh, but it does eh. devalue the category. You're right, Paps. 
I just don't like the Academy thinking that only dramas with a lot of tension between a strong male actor and a strong female actor normally deserve to have that spot. And almost always the nominations are comprised of that. And But interestingly, Cameron Diaz accepted this Academy Award in 2003 because Miyazaki was protesting on account of the Iraq War. I don't, I barely, I do remember this Academy Awards. I remember seeing Spirit Why of the Way Cameron win. Why Diaz? Yeah, it's weird, man. She what must have, maybe it was a hoster. Because Cameron uh, Diaz loved the Iraq War. And she's like, I'll take all of you. I'll <laughs> take this. I'm so proud of this. That's funny. And now I'd like to introduce Cameron Diaz, who's going to give out the first award. You know, I was just thinking that if you took Cameron Diaz, Jennifer Lopez, and Halle Berry, and put them all in one room, I forgot what I was saying. Here is Cameron Diaz. It is my honor to present the first Oscar of the evening. Once upon a time, parents took their children to see animated features. Today's animation has reached such a level of sophistication that the children take their parents. Here are the nominees for the best animated feature film that delighted audiences both young and old. Ice Age, Chris Wedge. Lilo and Stitch, Chris Sanders. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki. Treasure Planet, Ron Clemens. And the Oscar goes to, let's see. Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki. The Academy congratulates Hayao Miyazaki and accepts this on his behalf. Thank you so much. Um, any other final thoughts? Or are you guys ready for yes or no's? Hey, Pappy, do you want to tell everyone what the Japanese title of this movie is? Or uh, Go ahead, Brett. I, I was saving that for you. I, actually, Mikey promised he would do it. Oh, okay. And, we can, but he said he can call in. Yeah, so Mikey, Josh, you guys both said if, if Mikey can't, Josh will, but Brett, yep. go ahead, give us no, the no, Japanese no, title. Hey, they can, hey, they Brett, can call I don't know in. what it is, just tell me. I don't want to blow it. <laughs> Someone's Wait, you never heard I'm Brett on say pins that and needles right now. I, I don't even uh, have like... I have it up. Is I can do it, phonetic? I just don't want to get in trouble. Go ahead, Brett. Go ahead, please. Well, okay, play the clip. I'll find it. Sento Chihiro no Kamikakushi. All right, now, we'll Brett's see how well I did. Yeah. It is... Sen to Chihiro no Kamakakushi. Sen to Chihiro no Kamikakushi. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Spirit of the Way does. <laughs> so what happened to Brett? That was Brett-san. Brett-san. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I'll, let's go ahead and get into Spirit yeah. of the Way truly is a perfect title. It's a perfect title. Interestingly, I, I was looking at the posters, and the American poster has Chihiro... 
kind of not silhouetted, but there's kind of like a circle around her. There's a little bit of green, and it's the rest of it's black. In the Japanese, there's way more writing, and you also see the parents as pigs in the in that same shot in the background. So someone in America intentionally said those pigs are off-putting the children. Let's black them out. I don't, Let's put the baby on there. They'll love that. <laughs> dance, magic, dance. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is a yes for me. This is the exact high I'm always chasing when I'm watching movies. There's something so new and so creative and so different. Um, it's just, it's a five-star movie. And like we talked earlier, there, there's a unique combination of character design and acting of characters which doesn't normally come together in uh animated movies like you have to watch something like the boss baby to see a total failure of when both those things aren't working but this might be the best example of both so uh one of the best movies of all time i think deserving of that title a hard yes for me brett what would you give this movie real quick so that's your favorite miyazaki movie for sure I I would rather watch Princess Mononoke um, in almost all settings, but I think this might be his most artistic looking. Like you have these shots, these establishing shots of the theme park from far away, and it's just this gorgeous watercolor painting that the co- that the camera's slowly moving in on. So I think this might be his most polished, best work. But I think in company or just for fun. I love the violence of Princess Mononoke. So. <laughs> I've never seen it, so yeah. uh, I can just I love how Pappy's just getting geeked up about this. Um, I love Miyazaki; it's my whole thing. By the way, his, 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 net wor- his net worth is fifty million dollars. But how many yen, Brett? Oh, I don't know. Too much yen. Uh, this is a yes for me. I enjoyed it. It was uh, pretty much everything Pappy said. Maybe a little less aroused uh but you know it's a hard yes yeah so this is good i like that i like the voice acting i got annoyed there was like a part like a third away through the movie where i got super annoyed with her clumsiness it like got way too old but then it like literally when i wrote that down as a note it she stopped being clumsy so it it was kind of like he was listening to me but uh (laughs) But other than that, yeah, this is fun. I like the stink spirit scene. That was really good. And I like the scene at the end with the uh, granny. Actually, both kind of granny scenes back to back were pretty good because they both showed that they were nice. At least some of them, one of them was nice somewhat. So definitely, yes, for me, it's fun. Uh, I enjoyed them two for two with his movies. So. So, Brett, you, you have seen all of the Oscar-winning films, which is a great accomplishment. That really is. Play yes. the applause clip from our stock applause Thank soundboard. you. Thank but you. Where do you think Japanese anime would fit into the greatest films of all time, as, you, as you've seen them? Do you, think, do you think Spirited Away, where would it place in the Oscar-winning films? Is it half, top half, bottom uh, half? I would say probably somewhere around half, maybe. Uh, it's definitely better than... I mean, there's definitely movies it's better than, but... Uh, that's a good question. I'd probably put it on the bottom half. Wow, that's interesting. I know, but I have to look. Um, 
I had I had my Oscar movies broken up into five categories of loved, really liked, liked, meh, and nah. This is so, the meticulousness that why you're on the podcast, which is why <laughs> I like you. <laughs> the meh, nah, nah. It would definitely be hovering in between the liked and really liked. So right around half, maybe uh, upper half. Let's go upper half, I guess. Good to know. And, and the only reason I asked for that granularity is because we have three people on this podcast. Stevie, what <laughs> do you give this movie, yes or no? And, and you're very versed in animation. Where does it rank in your, your echelon of animation films? Oh, dude, this is one of the greatest anime movies ever made. Um, there are times when I'm on this pod and I shake with frustration at the movies we pick sometimes. And there are times where I get chills and I can't wait to watch it again. And this is definitely the latter. Um, definitely in the top five movies we've ever spoiled. And I absolutely love mm. this movie. Uh, maybe it's just because I've watched so many animated movies. And you and I have been doing like a year-long study of how animation works, Pap. We have. It's intensive. It's labor-intensive. It's honestly, it's kind of soul uh, it's almost soul killing watching these people work the way they do, but the end product is always just amazing. Uh, definitely Miyazaki's best movie, and I can't wait to watch it again. I was absolutely blown away. And Chihiro, I said this to you earlier, is one of my favorite protagonists in a movie ever. I think she was just so cool and awesome. So, definite yes from me. So, that's high praise, folks. You have someone who knows everything there is to know about animation and someone who's seen all of the Oscar best picture winners and like yeah yes, you can you guys can quiz me. you can quiz me if you want by here you know whatever <laughs> I that is not what the trivia is tonight Brett unfortunately but that's a Bummer. preserved movie and as you may have seen the title of this movie is a movie review so that means you're in our movie club and what happens now I'm only the host because I won trivia on Stevie's Highlander episode and so now we must pick a new host I had anticipated Way more people being on <laughs> oh, this podcast. No. Full house, so. Uh, but now there's only three. So, Brett, what was Jordan Long's uh, last movie? Uh, Jordan Hi, Long, Point Break. The new Point Break, yes. Oh, the host. He, he's on a little bit of a roll. Yeah, he's been on a lot. So here's how it was gonna work: is Stevie would have, had, of course, the least advantage. That would have been Mikey, or no, sorry, that would have been Jordan, then Mikey, or Jordan, then Josh. Josh than Mikey, nocturnal animals. Then Brett. Mikey has not hosted since April 17th, but Brett, you have not hosted since My Cousin Vinny, which came out December. January 7th, but we yeah. recorded it in December. Yeah. So what I was going to do, Brett, for you was I was going to let you swap the order in any order that you want, and the game that we're playing is Japan v. The World, oh, where no. I will read a contribution to our world to our universe and you must name was this contributed by japan or any other nation in our world and brett Ooh. i was gonna give you the advantage but now it's stevie or brett i was gonna do single elimination i have 40 freaking five oh, movies. oh my goodness <laughs> so we'll go uh let's just go uh, rapid fire man really? i know nothing about japan well do you want to go beard league softball or mlb brett answer uh, that right now uh, MLB? Alright, three strikes and you're out. Ooh. We'll give you three full strikes. Brett, do you want to go first or second? Is it like, if he gets, is it like sudden There's death? There's no or, prove it. There's no prove it. You get three strikes and you're out. Whoever's left standing wins. 
I'll go second then. That's probably a smart move. Stevie. What? I will read to you the contribution. All you have to do is tell me, was it invented by Japan or somebody else? Do I get extra points if I can name the exact country? I thought about that, but no, because these are all Asian countries because they invented everything. (laughs) So, first and foremost, the hydrogen bicycle. Oh, my God. This is just dumb as shit. Yeah, because um, I thought there were going to be 50 people on this podcast. <laughs> the hydrogen bicycle. I Japan will... or the world? <sighs> Water. Um, I will say the world. The world is correct. Uh, China. Who did it? China. China. Yeah, nice. right. China. Invented the hydrogen bicycle. Brett, your contribution to society is the smog-eating tower. What is that? The smog-eating tower is a triangular-shaped invention that is kind of like a fan. It absorbs the smog and spits out good old O2 that we can all breathe. Brett, was that invented by Japan or somebody else? I'm going to say Japan. That had to have been China. That was China again. Brett, you get your first strike. You good? Anyway, yeah. All right. Stevie. <laughs> Brett, you could have... Sw- well, I guess, well, Stevie. Uh, the QR code. The what? The, Q- the QR code. Those, those weird shaped symbols you can scan with your phone. It takes you to a website. A series of dots. That represents the URL. The QR code. I'm going to say Japan. That is correct. Nice. Oh, man. The QR code was invented by a Japanese company. Brett. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> you sound so sad. The portable CD player. <laughs> okay, so that was made by... It's got to be from Sony. And that's... Is that Japan or is that Korea? Oh. Sony. So in Japan or South Korea? Oh my gosh! Uh, Which one makes more sense—a Japanese accent or a, a Korean accent? The portable studio player. I'll say Japan. That's correct. Oh, <laughs> and we're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> Please keep that. Stevie, your contribution to society as important as the QR code and the hydrogen bicycle, the instant noodle. Was that Japan? <laughs> Or the world. Pool oh noodle God. or edible uh, noodle? The edible instant noodle. Hot water must be applied. Um. This is so stupid. It is stupid. I like it. It would have been Mappy. cool with 10 people. Sudden death? <sighs> well, I was told by the contractors recently in Japan they love noodles. So I'm going to go with Japan. And Stevie stays strike-free. Of no, course, that was Japan that China. instant noodle. No, no. In, no uh, I had a co-worker that was... Uh, not co contractor. That was just in Japan, so they love noodles. Oh, right. yeah. China doesn't like noodles. No, our, they don't. Our next contribution to Anti-noodle this is the world China. of pharmacology, the profession my sister makes her living in now. Methamphetamine. <laughs> was that Japan? Or somebody else. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. 
I will go somewhere else. Oh, Brett. Japan. Two strikes, dog. You gotta be yeah. kidding me. That's not possible. Why on else would I put this on this list if it wasn't Japan? <laughs> that was it was that was made Japan. by some guy named Earl and Derry in a trailer somewhere in Tennessee. No, definitely in uh, crap. What's that say? Uh, dang it! It's in Indiana. It's on the way to Fort Wayne. Kokomo, Ligonier. Well, take ah. your time, Brett, on labeling a whole group of people meth heads. <laughs> um, They're a meth meth capital of Indiana. Brett, you're sitting on two strikes. Please choke and spoke, <sighs> choke and poke, split and get, move up those hands, adjust the batting stance. Stevie, choke you have and no poke. strikes. And your next contribution to society is the discovery of the jet stream effect. The discovery of the jet stream effect. Are you talking about chemtrails? Uh, yes, Alex Jones. Those are chemtrails. That are produced by airplanes. No, these are the giant jet sort of highways that oh. preside over our continent that airplanes can jump into and I'm gonna cover say the uh, Japan. Holy smoly, Stevie! You stay strike free. That well, you think about it. They were pioneers in aviation way before like we were. So that is not true at all. We invented airplanes. I but know, Brett. but they took it to the next <laughs> level. They, Brett, t- they took it to the next level. Yeah, I'm your here. contribution to society is the laptop. The laptop. <laughs> Jeez. Brady, Did the Japanese the invent the laptop? Or was that the laptop? I hear him consulting his wife. She has, has the information. Stick around for that. Brett, what would Ruby Jewel do? Ruby Jewel on Etsy. I didn't know you could find a friend. Um, when you get married, two become one, so we're the same. You guys cannot testify against each other, but you can contra- <laughs> collaborate you on answer. You can't arrest a husband and wife for the same crime. Stay out of the seas. That's why Bonnie and Clyde were so successful. Brett. The laptop. Um, the laptop. Japan. Japan. Correct. Yes. Of course, Japan invented the laptop. Of course, they did. On here, other wizardry pap has pulled out. Stevie, just a a tiny, not important contribution to society. Just paper making. Who invented paper? Was it Japan or somebody else? Well, doesn't papyrus go all the way back to the Egyptians? I don't think I can answer that. Somewhere else. That was China. Paper making was China. Brett, the quantum satellite. <laughs> and I urge you not to read into patterns, Brett. Think for yourself. Don't read into patterns. Don't these, oh, I were, don't. these were randomly generated by Excel. These were not configured by me in any way. I found them off Wikipedia. I typed them up in this little Google spreadsheet. Hit the equals I'm gonna ran. say I'm gonna say the rest of the world. The quantum satellite. You think Japan didn't invent that, Brett? <laughs> yes, I think that. Because you're correct. Of course that was China. China. Yeah. That's what I thought. Stevie, what are 11th already? You have no strikes, Brett has two. Steampunk animation. Steampunk animation. 
sounds something that they would, they would do. <sighs> yeah, let's go to Japan. And Stevie stays strike free. One That's of the ridiculous. first is Castle. Brett, you could have switched the order. You had the choice. You chose <laughs> these questions. This is also true. Don't complain. <laughs> But of course, Castle in the Sky is one of the first instances of steampunk animation. Brett. The godfather of steampunk animation. You chose question 12. Two strikes. Mukbang. Also also called an eating broadcast or social eating. It's a a type of online broadcast where the host will eat food. For the purpose of the pleasure of the online viewers and interact with them while they do it. That sounds like Japan. Unfortunately, that was Korea, and that is three <laughs> strikes. Brett, you do not win in 2018. I am so sorry you had every advantage in the world, but Stevie. Stevie every you are, advantage? You could have picked You picked your choices. I would have said Japan all the way, Brett. I really would have. Yeah, it's like, ugh. ugh. It's, it's a tough one. It's almost People in tough. Korea are losing their shit right now. Almost as tough as hosting a spoilers with three people when you're expecting ten. Um, Let's go. What were the other ones, man? (laughs) Okay, uh, food food delivery. Quick, Japan. Nope. Korea. Korea. Toyota. Japan. Japan. Gaslighting. Oh, America. China. Ah, Samsung Electronics. Korea. Yeah. Correct. Japanese cattle. (laughs) Japan. Nebraska. The, The MP3 player. Japan. Korea. Korea. CRISPR. Yeah. The company Chris CRISPR. CRISPR, the uh, DNA company. Utah. Japan. Japan. The concept of the flying saucer. China. Japan. Mm. The electronically heated stone bed. That has to be Japan. Okay, last one now. That was Korea. Thunder sticks. Those things at freaking sporting events for people. Japan. Korea. No, that was Korea. Good God, Korea. Brett, Brett, you just need some more time. You would have paid off, but Stevie, we'll give you a little bit more time to host. Spoiler Man, give us our plugs, and Stevie will tell you the next movie he'll be hosting right after this. Like Spoilers Podcast on Facebook. You can now check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review, searching for spoilers movies, clicking on the spoilers bowl, then scrolling all the way to the bottom and leaving us some stars and comments. Never going to win if I can't win 50-50. True or false, pretty much. Stevie, we're back. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys. Do you want confusing, hilariously bad, or fun? Brett, I'll defer to you. It's just three of us. We're well, the only people keeping this podcast alive. We've had a lot of hilariously bad lately, so let's maybe, I don't know, fun? <sighs> that I also like that. falls under hilariously bad. So, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He, he's... Just do it up, man. I've, I've, had the same mo- I've had the same movie pick for three months, so. What were the choices? Fun, hilariously bad, and. Confusing. Confusing. But two of them are also 
<laughs> Two right. of them are the same thing. <laughs> oh man, I was I did not okay, give me just you guys talk amongst yourselves. Give me like a give me give me just one minute. I thought you were right, gonna Brett. give me I thought you were gonna give me okay, Oscar I know stuff. Is. I know what it is. Nintendo? Brett, wait, two more. Nintendo? Japan. Pocket calculator? South Korea. No, Japan. Sony? Uh, so was it Japan? Japan. Of course it was Japan. Okay. All right, Steve, you got a choice? You got a pick? Yeah. Uh, let me just get this guy's name real quick. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> one of my favorite directors as of now, it's one of those things where his movies will probably never make a dime. Oh, but his God. name is S. Craig Zoller. We're going to go with one of my favorite westerns. I have ever seen it's a western horror and it's called Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk? Kurt Russell, my dude. It's only th- it's only three years old? Yep. It's a great dude, movie. Dude, this movie I is a classic. It. Is it gross? Yes. Yes. It is so <laughs> gross. Absolutely gross. But this he also directed uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. I advise anyone who hasn't seen that, watch that movie and also watch Bone Tomahawk. As Craig Zoller is the man. Well, Kurt Russell is now establishing himself in the sixth movie club. An unprecedented feat, unless you're Warwick Davis, but yeah, that's look forward to. Thank you for listening. And instead of Josh Hensley, let's toss it to that man over there with his remix of My Neighbor Totoro and Tupac. Take it away, Tupac. Ruby Jewel Designs. Every human being inside your chest or the stomach or whatever, we all given from God um, the survival instinct. And everybody has to, to live. Self-determination. You have to live. You have to be able to live and survive and, and live like a human being, not like an animal. So whatever it takes to live like that is what happens, whatever it takes.
anything. We can do that. Not, not, I'm not saying this. So I gotta say this again. It's not black against white. When I say we, it's the good against evil. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by we can take anything we want, we can take, we can have anything because it belongs to you. If you're right and, and you, you got um, good on your side, I really truly believe that nothing can stop you.